Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Nate. And I'm Mike. What we got what smoking? We smoking ah, ha, ha, ha. I huh? to it. Uh, we are smoking the Nub Double Maduro. Uh, this is the last in our Nub series. And we last smoked the regular Maduro, so... Yes. We are going to try and find out if this is doubly Maduro-y or not. Yes. So I remember the Maduro was quite strong and quite yes, it good. Was quite strong and quite good. Uh, I do have to have a disclaimer on this episode. I have smoked this cigar before. Uh, and I'm and I'm drinking from uh, the booming metropolis Wadena, Minnesota. The Plebe Triple IPA with Citra, Eldorado, and Cashmere hops. That sounds really good. You know what it is. <laughs> uh, this is my first time having it, but uh, it's quite tasty. And I think even though it's a, a very heavy beer, or, you know, uh, it's a 10 percenter. Uh, it seems to be pairing quite well with a double Maduro. Okay. I'm drinking water. That also pairs really great with everything. Yes. Uh, because water is life, and we all need to drink more water. I know I do. Yes, I uh, I did not get a lot of sleep last night, so I am drinking water because I'm very tired. Yes. <laughs> I did not get a lot of sleep last night either, um, but I have no restraints, so I'm fucking drinking more beer. There we go. I have to wake up early tomorrow. Also, so ah, hideous. I have to wake up whenever my two-year-old wakes up tomorrow. So, <laughs> which usually is around seven. Sure, I'm sure I'll be up at six. But oh well, probably true. So, what are we going to talk about today? Well, we are going into uh, as we're ending one phase. Uh, the Nub series with this double Maduro. We are continuing our literary series. And we've previously talked about Slaughterhouse Five. And I feel like there was another book we talked about that we read Animal Farm. Animal Farm, that's right. Yes, uh, yes. I was trying all day to remember because I'm like, I know this is the third book we're going to be talking about. Um, but I blame it on lack of sleep because that and, you know, we're 30 plus episodes in now to season one. So it's difficult for me to remember, remember everything. Right. Um, but we, I definitely do not remember all the cigars. (laughs) No, (laughs) I know. Some of them stick out more than others, obviously. Well, yeah. And I feel like we should... Maybe at maybe the last episode of season one, we should talk about our highlights from season one before we transition to season two. Yeah, we should do that because there's a couple that stick out to me uh, immediately. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. But that'll be the season finale. We can talk about that. Sure. Um, we, we have the, the goat, our, yes. our dual favorite. Yes. That doesn't even need to be named by now. But, uh, no, there were others as well. There were others. Um, and I think we mostly agreed on, on uh, a fair chunk of them. Probably majority. I, I, yeah, I think so. We have similar smoking preferences, so. Yeah, slight variances, but. 
Yeah, here here and there. Now this start is very strong. It's very, very strong. Very um, strong. I'm excited. Like it's it's so strong I'm excited. <laughs> I'm probably gonna get a little uh enthusiastic. <laughs> I I for I foretold that in the tea leaves. Uh, yes, yes. So and I saw I, today that they are now selling THC soda pop in the stores in Minnesota. Yeah, they can sell uh, THC anything now because the Republicans legalized it. Yeah, which by is awesome. not by not reading the <laughs> the bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw it at a place, and the guy was like, "Yeah, you can drink this driving down the road." I was like, "What?" <laughs> That doesn't seem right. <laughs> you can drink all sorts of things driving down the road at least once, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, but all this is a long way of saying that we're going to be talking about Lord of the Flies. Uh, and I think the theme here is we're doing a lot of the high school required reading books. <laughs> Not because yes. that's where our reading levels are at, but because we haven't read them for so long. It is. Yeah, I've read... Uh... I read, I read Lord of the Flies before. Yeah, I, I mean, I read it in high school, and then I haven't thought of it. You know, I mean, like in passing, I've, I've thought of it, but, um, I mean, when we get into it, I'll tell you more of, like, the things I did or didn't remember. I mean, there's certain things that you remember about a book, and it's different for everybody, but even with Animal Farm, I remember we were talking about that, and we kind of remembered some of the main lines or the main premises, but some of the other stuff like, you know, the crow and the cat and, and some of those other like kind of more minor characters, but that really flushed everything out. Like those are kind of like lost to my memory. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't remember Benjamin as being the yeah. best character. We're not talking about Animal Farm. We're talking about Lord of the No, Lines. but I mean, we're just kind of explaining why we're kind of going back to some of these like required high school readings. Right. Uh, I, it wasn't I, required. Uh, I read Animal Farming, uh, but I read Lord of the Flies on my own. Uh, well, I yeah, and I, I mean, I guess I, it depends on your on your high school. Uh, but there are also these books. All all three of the books that we've read so far have uh, been often on the banned book list. Yes. Yes, and I like I like the books that are on the banned list for the most part. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, pretty much. But I've heard said is if a book makes the banned book list, you better go out and read it because there's something in there they don't want you to read. Right. And they don't ban things that are false. Yes. They don't censor falsehoods. They censor truth. Yeah. None, none of the books with the uh, naked nipply men on the cover have been banned. We'll just right. put it that way. <laughs> Fabio. Fabio <laughs> is not banned from the library. Uh, my uh, high school library, they actually had a, a a poster of Fabio reading a book in the okay. library. Pretending to read a book? Uh, I don't I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure he's What a great Fabio guy. was like outside of <laughs> him being a model, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's uh, a lot smarter than Derek Zoolander. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I have no idea. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Well, where do you want to start with Lord of the Flies then? Well, we can do an overview real quick. All right, all right. And then um, we can get into some details. Sounds so, good. So uh, the book starts out with two characters, 
uh, Ralph and Piggy, and they find each other, and through the process of elimination, we find out that somehow they got to this island. They don't specify if it was a crash or if they were dropped off from an airplane. No, they specify. That, what, that it, was it a crash? I don't remember. It was a it was crash because they talk about the scar, and that's where the plane, oh. but they never go back to visit the plane wreckage. And the that's pilot right. is dead in the plane. And it was, and this is stuff I didn't remember. So I didn't remember it was like a World War III post-apocalyptic story. I didn't either, but I caught it and it was against the Reds. Yeah. Yes. And, um, you know, so that was some stuff that I didn't remember. But at the very beginning couple of chapters, they talk a lot about the plane wreck and the scar. But they call it kind of the scar. They don't really call it the plane wreck. Uh, but that's right. where they crash landed. Um, and I think, and we can talk a little bit more about this later, but I think that's part of the brilliance and kind of the frustration of this book is, is very much written from the perspective of one of the kids. And so a lot of the chapters are fairly disjointed and they call yes. things names that you or I or adults maybe wouldn't call them. Uh, but because they're kids. And so it's very thematic in the sense that it feels like you're there with the kids. But trying to remember the scar is the plane crash and the uh, they call the vines and the prickers something else. Um, um, when they, yeah, it was uh, this, the tangly things or something. Yeah, like when that. they run through the woods. So they, they've got like their own little like uh, naming conventions for for these things on the on the island. Right. And uh, so, yeah, and then they blow the conch and yep. uh, they get all the boys together and they pick leaders. And yeah, and, and they... Ralph gets picked just solely kind of bait. Well, so like, the Ralph character is very interesting to me, and we're going to delve into this in a little bit. But uh, he's almost like delegated leader solely based on the fact that he found or Piggy found and then gave to Ralph uh, the conch. And he was the first to blow it. Right. And he was the closest he was the largest one, physically the largest one. Yeah, before the choir boys showed up. Before the choir boys showed up, yes. So, interesting. What if you're if you're a Catholic priest, calm down. <laughs> they're, they're just normal choir boys. They're not Catholic. I saw choir boys. a great meme that I will <laughs> send you later. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> Let's just say it has the Pope. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yes. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they they pick a leader, and immediately there's strife between the head choir boy, Jack, who's also a prefect. Yep, Jack Meridu. Yep, and uh, things ensue from there, and they burn one of their kids alive, and all sorts of mishaps throughout. Just and, a, and they a slowly good time had by all. Great time was not had by all. Uh. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, but, you know, yep. it's, it's uh, if you've ever uh, done any kind of like uh, leadership training or uh, team building or team training, you've kind of got the uh, the storming, norming and performing stages. Right. Like at the at the start, everybody's kind of like vying or jockeying for the position. And then you kind of have like some calm times and then you're finally actually like things are kind of clicking. But then what a lot of places don't tell you is that you can go back and forth between all those different stages. So 
you know, when they first build the conch and they elect Rolf as the leader, you know, there's some there's some storming because they're all kind of like they're unsure. They don't know how long they're going to be there. Uh, Jack kind of wanted it, but he's kind of okay with being second fiddle uh, initially. And then he really dives deep into the role of the hunter, you know, kind of the yes. alpha male. And then everything's performing, but then wouldn't you know it, uh, alpha male Jack goes against Ralph's wishes to have the signal fire always going and the ship, you know, and the, the ship and they miss the ship. And, uh, and then that kind of is, that's kind of the turning point where everything kind of really, uh, gets dark. Yes. Yes, it is. Things get dark quickly. I actually considered the turning point, uh, when Jack decided to paint his face to hunt. Because yeah. they called it the mask. Yes. And then if you notice throughout, as more and more of the boys start fa- painting their face, they're called savages. And yep. the masked one, and they see stops, they get they stop getting their names. Yeah. Or be the savage who used to be called, you know, whoever. Yeah, the savage formerly known as Prince. Basically, yes. And uh, they, of course, become more and more and more savage and they beat one of the boys to death and yeah uh, they They roll all sorts of piggy yep and uh yeah and then they they start stealing from one another and they basically gitmo the uh the twins jack and crew but uh it's not and and here's the interesting thing is for the first maybe three quarters of the book, you think, "Oh, that Jack, he's he's the problem," but then you find out that it's uh, Roger, and Roger's like the sadistic one. Yep, a part of Jack's crew, and he's the one that like tortured the kids, the twins, and stuff. He's the one that killed Piggy too. Yeah, so it's very interesting. It's um, you know, just kind of you know, it's an older it's an older book, so. If you it's haven't a classic. read it, read it. Yeah, it's a classic. Um, the, gonna... the audiobook is great because William Golding reads it. Oh, okay. And he does an introduction and an exit Ooh, uh, okay. outside of the book, uh, explaining why, how he came up with the idea and yeah. why he wrote it, and then explaining afterwards the themes of the book. Okay. Which was like the best. It was super, super short. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can yeah. talk about that a little bit too because um, I did a little like after I read the book, you know, I looked up some stuff about it, and uh, I believe his premise was he wanted like a there was another book that came out that was kind of kids surviving, but it was a lot more optimistic, and he wanted right. something a little more realistic. But then, since his book was published, there were actually some kids that were stranded, and it was kind of the more optimistic outcome. So mm-hmm. I think the jury's kind of out on like which version would actually take place in real life. Well, it all depends on the length because the kids were there long, had to have been a year. The yeah. hair got, went from being, well, uh, Ralph's hair went from being a half an inch short yep. to being long enough to where he could tie it in a ponytail. Yeah. So that's so, some time. <laughs> yeah. And, and you also have to think of the setting because... Uh, any of the boys in real life, you know, since the book was published, didn't live through a nuclear war. 
Right. Right. And in this book, they're all fleeing from nuclear war. They're all fleeing from a, a, a city that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Aware. Yeah. And I don't know where they were going or where the safe haven was, uh, but they were at the end, uh, spoiler alert, rescued by the British Navy. Um, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. But I really want to talk about Ralph a bit because I feel like, and and there's not, they, he doesn't, he never really goes back and gives a backstory on anybody other than Ralph. And so Ralph yeah. keeps like daydreaming about these ponies or horses. So to me, that means like he's from an affluent family. Yes. And, but. They uh, all are because they're all private school children. Yeah. But he doesn't go. Including Piggy, including Simon. Yes, but he doesn't really go into the background of a lot of them. And so like, but I feel like Ralph had some sort of mental condition. You think so? Well, the only reason I say is because he kept going back to the horses in his, in his mind. And then he kept, there were uh, several, several instances where Ralph was, was thinking and he was like, there was something I needed to do, but the curtain pulled shut in my mind or mm-hmm. something, you know? And it was like, but it was something as simple as like remembering the signal fire. So I, I don't think, know. I don't know if that was like stress or if that was like, he had some sort of mental condition, you know what I mean? And so see, I interpreted it as Ralph was slowly turning into a savage Okay, I mean, that could be. By the end, he, Peggy and Simon were the only ones that never turned into savages. Yeah. Ralph was the last remainder of that group, and he was slowly turning savage himself. I mean, that makes sense, too. Right, Um, and Simon definitely had a mental issue. No, he met the Lord of the Flies. Right, exactly. That's not a mental issue. He was also the one that knew that there wasn't a monster, either. Or he knew what the monster was. Yeah. Um, Right. But I just like some of the wording that uh, the author used describing Ralph's kind of like mental processes. Sure. Led me to believe that maybe, I don't know what the right wording for it is, and I don't want to seem offensive or anything, but like that maybe there was some sort of, of thing. Because like Ralph was kind of the ultimate, ultimate reluctant hero, if you would call him a hero, but like right. definitely a reluctant leader. Uh, and he only, he only ever did things at the urging of Piggy. And so well, I feel- Piggy was the brains well, uh, of the operation. No, I know that. Um, yeah. but like Piggy's the brains, but Piggy had like, you know, social anxiety. So he would never like lead anybody. But I don't he was th- lazy but I th- and get asthma. And- yeah. But I feel that Ralph may have been from like the wealthiest of the families and maybe people knew his family, but maybe he wasn't, let's just say all there. And so he only kind of did things at the urging of Piggy. Sure. Because I don't, I don't, like I'm trying to remember and I don't, I don't feel that Ralph ever kind of did anything on his own without input from Piggy, which is fine. And that doesn't mean that he's got like a, a, you know, like some kind of mental thing going on. 
but some of the other wording kind of like led me to believe that maybe there was something else going on in Ralph's Ralph's story, you know, potentially. Yeah. But you know, it could be the Sabbath, you know, he could be turning Savage too. Like, I don't know. I mean, well, I know that William Golding at the end said that whatever your takeaway from the book and whatever interpretation of events that you have, those are the ones that are true because what you yeah. read into it is the only thing that actually matters. Well, and that's, and that's, you know, I think as a, as an author, as, as a creative person, like that's, that's all you can say because people are going to interpret what they want to interpret. Right. Yep. I just and, found uh, it, I just found it interesting because I was trying to think, you know, like Ralph, he doesn't want to be the leader, but he is. And like his, his go-to is like, I'm going to pull the conch and that's going to like make everything good again. Um, but he was kind of like, he was fixated on the fire, but then there were times where he was like forgetting about the fire. And that was when like the curtain was like closing. And I was like, man, I wish he would just like, I wish, you know, William would go a little bit more in depth on that. Like, is it the stress of not going home or is it the, and then just like the ponies are going back to the horses, you know, like, and he would kind of like flash back to enjoying the horses you know, and I'm like, right. you know, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I think that's part of the charm, though, is because it's all a lot of it is interpretation because a lot of it is they're not using the proper terms. Right. The beast. Well, no, yeah. Well, the, the beast the, the is beast. more than one thing in the context of the story. Oh, the beast is a ton of things. Yeah. The beast is a ton of things. You know, the beast is your fear of the dark. Your beast is Simon. Your beast is a guy that it was killed in a plane crash. Yeah, the beast is you know the 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 pig with the head on the stick, the Lord of the Flies. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, the beast is the evil within you. Really, that's what it is. Well, yeah, of course, or whatever you fear the most. You know, that's yes. The beast. Um, you know, I it's a really really neat book. Um, I found myself getting frustrated at the writing style. Not because it's and not because it's poorly written, because it's not, but it's frustrating because, and maybe because so much is open to interpretation, and so much is, you know, it's, it's a short it's a short book. It's not as short as Animal Farm, but it's a short book, and if you don't pay attention to the thing that the kids call the thing, you're going to forget what that thing is later. So that's for also you, for, part of it. In my, this is my opinion. Yes. It's written in a way that you purposefully do forget it because the kids are forgetting. No. And I agree with you 100%, 100%. And it's just like when you said, I don't know if they were parachuted in or crash and you know, it's like, no, the scar, that's the plane crash. Um, right. You know, and there's other things I'm sure I've forgotten because there, I was going through the, Oh, I think they called them like the tanglers. The Tanglers, yep. Um, you know, but they call all these things like different things, and so you're kind of like, okay, what was what what is this supposed to mean? And I think maybe if you're younger and you read it, like it makes more sense because it's things that you would call these things. And as an adult, you're like, that's not what anyone calls that, um, right? Yeah, so, the youngins and the and the and yeah. the bigs or whatever. Yep. Um, the young, youngins was, and the biggins. It was great because, like, they were all so excited at the beginning. Oh yes, and they could, uh, you know, swim and take off their clothes and whatever. 
And, uh, you know. Yeah, like and then they started pooping where the fruit was, and then they started getting sick. Yep. <laughs> you know, and so it was like, it was a kind of a great, like, trial and error, you know, which is kind of like, if you're not, if you're not trained in wilderness survival, which a lot of people aren't, and that's, that's not meant as a jab at anybody because, you know, we live in a modern society and there's very few instances where that ever comes into, in, in, into being handy. Um, and especially for kids, you know, like they don't know any better, but they trial and error and they figure it out like, hey, maybe we shouldn't shit on our food, you know, right. and uh, and then well, they, they were he kind explicitly of explicitly like, said that none of the children had any blemishes marking their face. Yeah. So Which they're all like the oldest pre-teen. ones were preteens, the oldest of the kids. Mm-hmm. So the bigs and they were all boys, which was an important part of the story as well. No girls, yeah. only boys. I can't imagine um, this novel with, with girls. William Golding actually talked about that in the preface of the book, too. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. He said that uh, there's you know, three reasons why uh, it was all boys. So, number one, he was a boy and a father and at some point a brother and a grandfather. So he can write about boys. Yeah. Uh, and he's never been a woman. <laughs> and number two, he, he didn't could want be, to write though, about if he sex. wanted. Well, right, yeah. In, not in his era. <laughs> I'm uh, with he you. didn't want to write about sex on the island. Uh, he didn't want that to be part of the story. Uh, so he didn't want to have girls. And then and the other part was and that. That's very fair. Right. And then, in his opinion, that if there were girls, that they would probably. Things would be different. That you know, things wouldn't have gotten quite as crazy uh, due to the influence of the girls. Yeah, possibly. The possibly. I mean, it, that was his theory. Yeah. yeah, you know, I I think it would depend on the uh, the percentage, like the breakdown, right? Like mm-hmm. percentage of females to males, because if there are fewer females than males, then it would evolve. I think the I think the um, the de-evolution to savagery or barbarianism or whatever would have happened quicker. Possibly. Because they'd be competing uh, for that, but. Right. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Like I'm not, I'm not the author of the book, so I don't, I don't know. Right. Uh, But I I guess like reading it and with how dark it got, I'm certainly thankful that he didn't include females. (laughs) Right. The dark, the darkness begins almost immediately and it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And it started with the lit ones and it eventually it, it, it consumed everybody. And the older yeah. boys didn't want to acknowledge the beast when it first reared its head, so to speak. And it just yeah. grew out of control. Well, it makes sense. I mean, it's, uh, you're in a confined, I mean, you're on an island, but it's still like, if you think about it, you're in a confined space and you've got, there's more little ones or little ones than there are the bigs. Yes. And their concerns, as ridiculous as they sound on day one, on day 301, they start sounding pretty goddamn legit, <laughs> you know, because uh, you've heard them for 300 some days. Right. And you can't ignore it. You know, it's just like, 
it's always being talked about or, you know, they're always crying at night. That was the whole thing. Like all the little ones cry at night. They cry themselves to sleep. Um, not because there's some beast out there, but because they don't have their parents to comfort them and put them to bed with their routine, you know. Um, and none of the other boys were old enough to realize that there might have been a bedtime routine, you know. And so if, had there been a female, they might have said, how do you prefer to go? Fire How do you prefer to go to sleep? Do you want a story? Do you want, you know? But right. no, it's you know, it's like, hey, bedtime, go to bed. What do right. you want me to do? <laughs> well, it was it wasn't even bedtime, go to bed. It was no, you they do had your own thing to do with the little ones at all. No, like, they I know, had no contact. And and, and uh, the one kid, and they never got his name. The one kid with the mark on his face, like he died like right away. Right Nobody away. knew how. Burned alive. <laughs> oh yeah, burned, huh? burned alive. He was burned alive. But they didn't talk about it. They were just like, because later in the book, they're like, what happened to that kid with the mark on his face? And everybody's like, we don't know. You know, they they blacked it out, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's like they pretended like they didn't remember killing Simon, too. Yeah. Because he was a big, you know? They knew he had a name. (laughs) Yep. His name is Robert Paulson. Right. His name is Robert Paulson. Did you notice that Piggy was the only one who didn't have a real name? Yes, I did, and uh, it was it was hilarious, but also sad. Mm-hmm. Because the first thing he said to Ralph, and this is why I think Ralph may have had like a mental thing. Well, one of the reasons, like I've got a whole case built in my in my brain, sure. in my interpretation, where Ralph had I don't know if it was like uh, autism or Asperger's or like, but something, you know, where he was he was off a bit. Um. Like, I could understand everything that Jack did. I'm not saying I'm agreeing with everything that Jack did. Uh, right. But I can, I can understand and relate to a lot of what Jack did. Uh, but Ralph, I just, there's like a disconnect there somewhere. Uh, which I think is, I think it's like, it's great because he's as close to the protagonist of the story as you're going to get. Pretty much, yeah. You know, in, in a kind of like a free-for-all, survival, post-apocalyptic, living on an island thing. Um, yeah, where the oldest boy is 12 years old. Yes. Potentially 12 years old. Uh, but, but, the, but the thing is, is that Ralph and Piggy were friends, even though I don't think Ralph, I don't know if Ralph ever kind of acknowledged that. I don't think so. You know. Um, well, Piggy was the outsider. Everybody, everybody knew he was the outsider. Yeah. So they, he was the whipping boy, even though he was the only one who ever had any ideas. Yeah, any modicum of sense. Yes, any idea to help them survive was you know, all because and, of Piggy. And the whole thing, like the whole, the whole catalyst into the complete and utter like devastation of the third act was trying to steal Piggy's remaining glasses lens because he was the only boy on the island that had glasses. That's the only way they could start fire. Right. Yeah, they didn't um, have any they, they did they couldn't even rub two sticks together to start a fire, I guess. Yeah. I mean that's hard as shit. And I'm an Eagle Scout and I know that's fucking hard as shit. I've never started a fire that way. And I, I and I pity the foo that has to try and do that. Um, I made a bow drill, I've done that, and I've done the sticks. Okay. Yeah. Uh I did it in college, like on a sidewalk. Okay. Just for shits and giggles or yeah, we were wasted. Were you, pro- <laughs> we were like, you're, you're like protesting? Like, I'm going to like... We were surf. just 
fire right here. Having a, we were just doing it for lulls. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Ah, let's go and do this thing because we are poor and we have lots of time. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, um, exactly. My mentality is more like I'm just always going to be prepared enough that I don't have to do that. Um, so I've got like waterproof matches everywhere. Sure. But uh, going back to Lord of the Flies, when Ralph first meets Piggy, Piggy's trying to offer up his name, but he had mentioned that he has a, a nickname that he doesn't like to be called. And so, of course, Ralph is like, dude, you got to tell me that nickname because he brought it up. Like, don't bring it up if you don't want me to call you that. Like, tell me your name is like Clarence or like whatever, you know. Um, so I'm not faulting Ralph because like, you don't ever lead like, hey, everybody calls me this, but I don't want to be called that. So I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you my name. Well, then it's too late already. Like, no, what's your nickname that you hate? Like, I need to know that. Right. Um, and that's just kind of like human nature, but like, and he's like, oh, it's Piggy. But then Ralph never has like the empathy. And I, I understand they're all like young kids, but he never says like, okay, well, what's your name? He just, he laughs and laughs and laughs and calls him Piggy. Yep. You know, and, and I guess that's like, you know, I mean, that's kind of kids too, though, because. uh Oh, kids are mean. Well, but they don't mean to be mean necessarily. But even if like the oldest boy is 12, like I understand to some extent where it's like, ha ha ha, your nickname you absolutely fucking hate uh, is Piggy and that's what I'm going to call you. And I'm not even going to bother to ask you your full name. You know, like, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, and maybe, and I don't know. I mean, that's the cool, uh, maybe the cool thing about the book is like, you can't necessarily side one way or the other with any one character because they're all flawed in their own ways, but everybody's flawed all the time, but more so when you're young. Right. Uh, I never liked Jack. I always thought he was a prick. Yeah, I thought Jack was He was head of the choir and he was head boy, which tells me that he was the teacher's pet, you know, and he had like an entitled little little prick, which is a character, that is a character flaw of many young people, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, you know, so like I related to Jack just in the sense that I could understand where he was coming from and what he was doing and why he was doing it because I've encountered many Jacks in my life. Yes, you know, uh, but the Ralph, the Ralph character is one that doesn't fit any necessarily like one person I've interacted with. I mean, there's been people that have had aspects of him, but that's why I, I mean, maybe that's just, you know, my perspective and that's why I interpret him as maybe having some kind of, you know, I don't know, learning disability or mental mental thing you know it's it's very possible i guess i didn't really look at it that way yeah and i don't know why i did like i don't think i did when i first read it in high school uh sure. I, don't, I don't remember that i remember like the i remember the the flies all over the pig skull <laughs> you know um right and i remember you know shit getting dark real fast but i didn't remember like the the world war three stuff the atomic bomb stuff the plane crash like I couldn't, for the life of me, before I read the book again, I couldn't remember how they got there. 
on the island. Well, it's only mentioned a few times. Yeah, you know, very, only very one time briefly. did they mention that if they get rescued, they might actually be captured by the Reds. Yeah, one time it was mentioned. <laughs> you know, and they only really said one time that at least Piggy and the older boys were aware that the city they left was destroyed by an atomic bomb. Yep. So nobody knew where they were at. Yeah, and you know, and you could interpret the Ralph, all the Ralph and the horses and things. You could uh, you could interpret that as, you know, all that's gone, but that was his happy memory from that time. You know, and it right. could, I mean, maybe it's not a mental thing. I don't know. Like I don't know, but if you know, if William Golding says that my thing is right, for then me, you're right. for me, yeah, <laughs> not for you, but for me, uh, you know. But I mean, that's cool for an author to to come out and say that. Like, however you interpret this is right. I mean, it saves yeah, you so absolutely. much, like it saves you so much, like time and energy and effort trying to defend how you wrote it. You know, like you take out of it what you need to take out of it. Like whatever it means to you, it means to you, right? Uh, which is going to anyway, regardless of what the author says. You know. Yep, I liked. Well, like I say, a big theme was the rules are what keep people safe from the inner demons of everyone. Yeah. And we all have inner demons. It's all darkness, right? Yeah. <laughs> On the inside. <laughs> well, it's all action and reaction. And yes. uh, the more reactions you have, kind of the darker everything gets in life. Um, so on that level, you know, like it hits home really hard. Yep. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. Uh, it's great. And I wanted, and, um, you know, Animal Farm, I know you listened to it a couple times. I listened to this one a couple times as well. Okay. And this one is, is one, and I, and you know, and I, I had read Slaughterhouse Five multiple, multiple times. So I didn't feel the, the strong desire to reread it again after reading it again. If that makes sense to anybody. Yep. But, uh, you know, this one, I was like, I should read this one again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's entertaining because you can read it at just surface level. And then this, that's an entertaining kind of adventure story. Yeah. With a dark twist. But then there's layers of meaning, of course, hidden. Which yeah. isn't always the case in modern fiction. A lot of modern fiction is just the surface. There is no layering. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. Uh, there's some really good like modern books, <clears throat> but a lot of the modern media that most people consume, be it, be it like a TV show or a movie, like the writing is not not to the same level uh, that it should be. But right. that's not that's not what we're talking about. But you know, like uh, and I think we talked about it earlier in the episode where the kids call things whatever kids would call things, and so it's very. Sometimes it's very difficult for an adult reader. And I know that the author was an adult when he wrote it. Um, but to remember what the kids call certain things and they kind of get lost in the meaning. But that's but like you said, it's kind of the point is they've been there for so long that whatever meaning they uh, prescribed or ascribed to this word at the beginning, has kind of like morphed and mutated and become something bigger than the actual thing. Uh, just like the uh, the parachutist who died and the wind was lifting him up and Simon cut him free. 
but everybody thought it was a monster, the beast, you know, and, uh, but it didn't matter. Even if Simon would have told Ralph and Piggy, Piggy would have understood. I don't know if Ralph would have, but Piggy would have understood, but I don't think Ralph would have been able to convince anybody else that it wasn't a monster. I don't think so. I don't think that Piggy, I found this aspect interesting. Piggy saying it made it less likely to happen in many instances. Yes, yes. Because everybody hated Piggy, other than Ralph and Simon and the twins. Yeah. That group, you know, yeah. they didn't hate Piggy. <laughs> Even though he had, like, the best ideas, the best, like, thoughts and inputs. Right, him and Simon. But, but it only it only mattered <laughs> when Ralph vocalized it. Yep. But if but if Piggy couldn't get Ralph to get on board with that thing, because there are certain instances where Ralph was like, "You're just being stupid, Piggy." You know. Yeah, like the the, the uh, sundial to keep track of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what what good would that do us? A lot of good, <laughs> probably. Yeah, we've been here for a thousand years now. Right. <laughs> Probably a lot of good. I don't know how to say that. Who knows? <laughs> you know? Who knows? But they're little boys, too. So everything, it's like, well, they should have done this. They should have done that. Well, yeah. Like, why I didn't mean, they go back to the plane and scavenge there? Yeah, they probably uh, could have got the radio working. Possibly. They could have at least taken the gun. I'm sure the pilot had a gun. Yeah, you would have, <laughs> you would have thought. But right. then that would have introduced a whole other thing because it would be Conchfer's gun. Right. You know, and now, but it ended up being like Conchfer's, like, you know, boulder flying through the air. But. Yep. I, I really found it interesting they were going around rolling rocks and doing little, like, playing kitty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But with, and like. being destructive. You know, super mortal, uh repercussions i guess right uh fyi i'm over halfway done oh yeah i've got like an inch and a half left yeah i'm, I'm about there too this is very good <laughs> it's I, really I, good I like it's it. very good yeah it's dark uh very consistent and dark did we uh, mention flavorful. it's dark it's dark very dark dark um, dark i don't know if it's twice as dark as the maduro but I feel like it is darker to some extent. It's good. I I quite like this one. I uh, I smoked this one a couple weeks ago, and uh, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. resist. <laughs> well, I can't blame you. It's good. Yeah, it's very good. So I bought the 50th anniversary uh, hard copy. Of Lord of the Flies when I was okay. in college because I enjoyed it that much, and I do like I like adventure stories. I'm a big fan of Robinson Crusoe as well. Okay, uh, you know I like that sort of. It's fun, you know. It's just fun. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever read uh, Death Watch? Death Watch. No. It's a. Uh, let me look it up real quick. It's a book my brother and I read. Um, I don't know where I got it or how I got it. 
but it's uh, it's this crazy book about being in the desert and having somebody hunt you. Oh. But it's really short. It's like a really short book, but it's like it's really intense. I don't I don't think it's the same I don't know, like I read it maybe twice, but I don't think it's the same like intensity level as Animal Farm or Lord of the Flies. But it's one of like our favorite books, just as like a little like what were the little um like the book fairs in school, remember? Scholastic? Yeah. I guess it's like book one fair. of those little books that you like you got. And it was like, oh, I don't know, you know. Like Hatchet. Yeah, Hatchet. Read hatchet. I've like, read is hatchet, hatchet the one where he committed suicide at the end? I don't remember because that's another one like so like Hatchet and like Red Badge of Courage and um and whatnot. But uh I remember reading, uh, uh, what was it? It was like Julie's Wolf Pack or Julie of the Wolves or, or something. Like there was like one or uh, two or three books in that series, and they were all pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, some like Native American woman and uh, and wolves. Like I don't, I don't know. Uh, but I think like Death Watch is written by Rob White. From 1973. It's like a hunting trip. And then one of them like. Decides to hunt the other one. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, But it's like. It's a young adult novel. But it like. I remember being fairly graphic. Not necessarily in like gore. But like there's a scene in the book. Where he's like stuck in this cave in the desert trying to hide from this like murderous madman with a high powered scope and rifle and everything. And he's like drinking like bird shit water out of like a puddle or something. Um, So it's maybe more like exploitive than it is, you know, like actual literature, but I remember it having an impact on us as kids. Sure. Um, You know, it's kind of like the, it's, 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 it's in the same vein as Lord of the Flies because it's not really, I mean, a little bit it's like man versus nature in Lord of the Flies because the kids are trying to build like these shelters that constantly leak. And Jack is like, I don't give a shit about those. I want to kill a pig. Um, and they become almost ritualistic about killing the pig because they have this chant that they do uh, anytime they try and kill something, whether kill it's a pig, pig cut or its a man. Throat, spill its blood. Yes. Uh, but you know, like, uh, this death watch book is also very like it's man versus man. And I would, I would classify Lord of the flies more man versus man than man versus nature. Oh, there's no man versus nature element really. Well, a little bit with the shelters, but you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit like it kind of sets itself up initially as like man versus nature, but it, it's very, very, very firmly a man versus man. Yes. Yeah, it's it's actually a very pleasant island. Uh, yeah. Overall, no snakes, no spiders. Yeah. No animals that are dangerous. Well, and the and the pigs, they're not wild boars that come and and like try and stick you. You know, because like some of the southern boars, uh, like what it was the old yeller, like the old yeller even like went after a boar or something and got like rabies from the boar, right? I don't remember. No, I yeah, but like it's, you know, the, yeah. 
like some of those wild boars and wild pigs and things are like mean and nasty and they come at you wild boars are dangerous in real life yeah well yeah but i mean like this island wasn't that like the boars weren't like hunting the kids no they're just trying to kill these pigs you know they're they're just pigs they're not boars so in a book that you would think by reading the reading like the back flap or whatever you would think oh yeah man versus nature but it's not, you know. Um, right. No, it's very much about the darkness. I, I, I interpret it as the darkness in the human soul. And yeah. What happens when the constraints of society leave and that darkness is allowed to grow? Yeah. And, they, and even in the book, they talked a couple times about not having parents there to tell you what to do, kind of. Right. Yeah, as the rules of society get farther and farther away into the past, the more savage they become towards each other. Yeah, and the rules of society didn't really mean jack shit on the island. No, nobody was there to enforce it. Well, even if you enforce it, like, what's the point? I mean, you're on this fucking island. Right. You know, like it doesn't, the island doesn't conform to whatever societal structure you want to impose on the world. Like the right. island is just the island. Yep. The island's the island. There's a one mountain that you can apparently easily climb. Yeah. Because they all climbed it easily in yeah. a couple minutes. So it's not even a big island. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't hide on it. No. Yeah. Uh, like the, the mo the least accessible part of the island was Jack's little fort that he built. Yes. Cause it was like the least hospitable part of the island. He chose that for his tribe because it was easily defendable. Easily defendable. Yep. That was exactly what it was too. But it was hard to get to, but once you got there and people let you in, it was fine. But you know, like that's where Piggy died and where Ralph was trying to to get back in and, and get to the twins, but then he had to hide, you know. Hide in a thicket. Yeah, that was some intense shit. It was. It was very intense. It the, the, it it definitely grew into a pressure. It was just one angle, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a... I understand why they banned it. Uh, not that I agree with banning books. Because I no. don't. But I can see why it was banned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it make, I mean, I understand why, too. <laughs> I don't think you should ban things. No. But and that, the banning you know, lists aren't really banned. They're just banned from schools. Yeah, from public schools. You can yes. still get them. They're not illegal, you know. Um. But it kind of like makes me wonder because you've got, uh, and I'm not saying this is right, and I'm not saying I agree with it, but movies have ratings. Uh, albums, they don't really have ratings, but they have the parental advisory sticker or they don't. You right. know, books, they don't have anything. You could You could pick up a book and it could be like the sickest shit you've ever read in your life. And it'd be right next to uh, the Bible. 
I mean, that, I mean, that's some of the sickest shit you'd ever read in your life too. But you know what I mean? Like I not... picked up a, uh, a short story book from the dollar store when I was in middle school or high school. Okay. And it had some of the most violent stories in it I've ever read. <laughs> and it was at, it was just at the dollar store in the dollar store bin, you know? Yeah. And it looked interesting from the back and it was like medieval torture type okay. shit. You know what I mean? Short stories. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is, I can't believe they had that at the dollar store. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course the Bible is pretty violent in parts as well. And, oh yeah. Most of it. Uh, a significant portion of it. Yeah. <laughs> For those who haven't read it. <laughs> Most Christians. Yeah. Spoiler alert. There's violent parts of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. Your God is a vengeful God. Yeah. Your guess. Multiple genocides are committed. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it's okay because he loves you. Yes. Yes. He but loves it you. is interesting to me that the other media, like television shows and movies and music albums, have. Uh, rating a rating system or at least advisories and books don't no not unless they're labeled pornographic well yeah for sure that but you know i mean if you're if you're in in middle school you could go and buy a romance novel from a thrift store or from barnes and noble nobody would question that probably not I've never read a romance novel. Well, me either, because they're dumb and stupid. I'm guessing that they're graphic in parts. The, that's the whole point is I don't think they're graphic. They do a lot of um, innuendo. Ah, I see. I see. It's not explicit. But that's what I mean is nobody will ban a book full of innuendo that anybody older than eight could understand what they're talking about, but they'll ban Lord of the Flies. Oh yeah, Lord of the Flies is uh, potentially controversial in the political sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit four fifty one was banned, uh, which oh, is hilarious. <laughs> there know? was uh, there was a, and that's one I'd love to reread again too. Uh, but there was. There was a uh, post online where the guy was like, oh, the new anniversary edition of Fahrenheit 451 came with a match and the spine had a, a striker panel on it. Like, what the fuck? And the next comment was, have you, have you read the book? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no. Yeah, have you read the book? Exactly. I find it interesting that we are reading a lot of dystopian. You and I are reading a lot of dystopian style novels. <laughs> I, I read dystopian weird. novels a lot in as a rule, and they're mostly anti-communist yeah. uh, dystopian novels. And I find that in many ways we are living in a dystopian future, but it wasn't the communists who won. By the way, I am officially done with my cigar. I just oh, just me, put it down. Me too. I put mine down a couple minutes ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was still smoking it right down to the as far as I could get it. it was yeah, very me good. too. I smoked mine way down. Yeah, 
dark, uh, high in nicotine. I can feel it. Yep. Everything I'd want in a double Maduro. Everything that I would want. Very good. Uh, two thumbs up. Yes. And so let's, let's try and think. Is this better than the regular Maduro? I would say it's better than the regular Maduro. Maybe not better than the KNF. I like the KNF a lot. Ooh, the KNF was really good. And the KNF was, um, and was I very think, good. And I think the the takeaway is this double Maduro did not get sour at the end like most of the other nubs did. No. No, it was good the whole way through. Yes. So I can definitely recommend uh, to anyone. Yes, the uh, double Maduro nub is nice ashes approved. <laughs> For what it's worth. Yes. Which is <laughs> less than the time it took to say. <laughs> so, have a good we'll, week. We'll catch you next time for the Dark Shark. Dark Shark.